0: Linda Tillery there with Don't Pray For Me. That's off the 1977 Lesbian Concentrate. Again, thank you to Deb with The Women's Show for providing me with that wonderful compilation album. All righty, you are listening to Lavender Hill here on KZUM Lincoln, KZUM HD, 89.3 on the FM or online at kzum.org. Perhaps you're using your handy-dandy smarter than a calculator device and listening to the show on your favorite mobile listening app like TuneIn or Next Radio, or you could be listening to us up to two weeks after original broadcast date thanks to the KZUM archives, which can be found at www.kzum.org slash archives. However it is that you're listening to the show, I'm glad you're here, and I'm actually ...bracketing things here, I think, quite well with some good news, some not-so-good news, and some good news. So we'll just just have to see how this all works out. But uh, thanks to uh, some loyal listeners here in Lincoln at a Novel Idea bookstore... uh, ...came across this article from, believe it or not, NBC News. You know, I don't always just use queer media to catch my news stories, you know. When somebody shares something that catches my eye, I want to share it with you, and that's what happened here. Headline reads, In a rare move, school librarian fights back in court against conservative activists. Talking about a Louisiana middle school librarian by the name of Amanda Jones, who said that she's had enough of extreme rhetoric deployed against educators over LGBTQ materials. This is an article from... Uh, Saturday, August 13th on NBC News. Tyler uh, Kincaid writing, uh, Louisiana school librarian is suing two men for defamation after they accused her of advocating to keep, quote, pornographic materials in the parish library's kids section. It's a rare example of an educator taking legal action against conservatives who use extreme rhetoric in their battle against LGBTQ-themed books. To go on from the article, Amanda Jones, a librarian at a middle school in Denham Springs, Louisiana, filed a defamation lawsuit on Wednesday arguing that Facebook pages run by Michael Lunsford and Ryan Thames uh, falsely labeled her a pedophile who wants to teach 11-year-olds about anal sex. Jones, the president of the Louisiana Association of School Librarians, was alarmed and outraged by the verbal attacks, I would be too, uh, which came after she spoke against censorship at a Livingston Parish Library Board of Control meeting. She said she's suing the two men because she's exhausted with the insults hurled at educators and librarians over LGBTQ materials. To quote her, I've had enough for everybody. Nobody stands up to these people. They just say what they want and there are no repercussions and they ruin people's reputations and there's no consequences. End quote. Uh, One of the two men being sued, Lunsford, did not respond for requests uh, for comment from NBC News. Thames declined as well. Uh, Nationwide school districts have been bombarded by conservative activists and parents over the past year or so, demanding that books with sexual references or that discuss racial conflict, often by authors of color or those who are LGBTQ, be purged from campuses. Those demands have slowly moved toward public libraries in recent months. Many conservative activists have referred to people who defend the books as groomers, Comparing them to child molesters. The Proud Boys, an extremist hate group, has barged into LGBTQ-themed reading events in several libraries, insisting they need to protect children. Some librarians have said they no longer feel safe serving in their roles. Yeah, you heard that right. Uh, Jones, the 2021 uh, Louisiana Association of Computer Using Educators Middle School Teacher of the Year and the 2021 School Library Journal's Librarian of the Year said more than 200 librarians have reached out to her as the insults on Facebook spread. Many claimed they had been victims of similar verbal and online abuse in the past two years. More than 600 people donated a combined $20,000 for Jones on a GoFundMe so she could respond with legal action. You can read the entirety of the article, get some more background on things there because it is a rather lengthy article uh, at NBCNews.com and I'm sure it's been picked up by many other news outlets as well. I'll be posting the link to that and other stories to our Facebook page as time allows during today's broadcast or shortly afterwards. But in related news... Yes, I actually have related news for you here. A uh, Heroic high school librarian who opposed removal of LGBTQ books has received a national honor. Martha Hickson has continued to speak out against censorship and draw attention to local school board elections. This is from an article by John Russell from yesterday, Saturday, August 13th, on LGBTQNation.com. A New Jersey high school librarian has been awarded a national prize for opposing the removal of LGBTQ books from school libraries in the face of backlash and harassment. In June, the American Library Association bestowed its Lemony Snicket Prize for uh, noble librarians faced with adversity upon North Hunterdon Voorhees Regional High School Librarian Martha Hickson for her efforts to prevent the removal of LGBTQ books from her district's school libraries. In 2021, Hickson opposed efforts to ban five books from school libraries. Uh, To quote Hickson speaking with NJ.com, one of the uh, local news affiliates there, Today's kids have access through the device in their pocket to the entire world for good and for bad They deserve to see their real lives and their real experiences portrayed in the books that they read They deserve to have those books written in the vernacular that they speak and like it or not As a result, Hickson said she was personally targeted with defamatory Comments during school board meetings received hate-filled emails and was even shunned by some coworkers. still She has continued to speak out against censorship at Board of Education meetings. Uh, She went on to say, as long as the book bullies are going to be there, somebody from the other side of the situation needs to be there as well. I have to give these people credit where credit is due. They are stubborn and persistent, so they keep showing up, and I keep showing up. Most of the books that are being attacked are those that are of special interest to the LGBTQIA community, she went on to say, and to the black, indigenous, and people of color communities. And when those books are attacked, those marginalized communities are attacked even further. Alrighty, so congratulations to you, Ms. Hickson, on uh, winning that Lemony Snicket's Prize. Uh, just love that tr- name choice there for that prize as well but alrighty. so you know i actually had two good news pieces there for you we're gonna see if we can't keep going with some of that a little bit later because i've also got some related librarian news it's not necessarily the best But before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and have some music. Give me a chance to get some more coffee on board like I need it, right? (laughs) We're going to hear from Romanowski and Phillips. And this might kind of uh, apply to some of those uh, book bullies out there. We'll just have to see. All righty. Romanowski and Phillips. Queers in the closet from their Be Political Not Polite. Yes, I know I play that one quite often. Uh, Wish... I had more of their stuff. Wish they had done more albums. That would have been fantastic. But hey, it is what it is. Uh, Just had a visit there from one of my fellow programmers during the music break there. And I appreciate that uh, so many of us listen to each other's shows. So... You know, We at least know somebody's listening. Hi, I know you're out there listening, people. Uh, so, uh, like I said, I have some more related to librarians news for you. And this is, like I said, not exactly the best news in the world. A newly elected district attorney has suggested prosecuting librarians for inappropriate books. This is uh, an article by Alex Bollinger on lgbtqnation.com from Thursday, August 11th, 2020. Uh, Cody Womp won the election to be the district attorney of Hamilton County, Tennessee. Uh, And as a video of her advocating prosecuting librarians for choosing to put books on library shelves that she feels are inappropriate... At a time when elected officials across the country are calling for bans on books that deal with LGBTQ themes and issues in racism, now she's denying that she ever called for such prosecutions. There's video evidence, Miss Womp. Okay, it's called contributing to the delinquency of a minor, she said at the campaign event this May. Womp was asked by a voter if, quote, there should be some kind of prosecution for these librarians, end quote, at the campaign event, because librarians are, well, we're the experts and we get to choose what goes in here. You know, kind of, sort of, yeah, but no. Uh, yeah, they get to choose what books to go on the shelves, but they've got lots Lots and lots and lots of feedback and influence from other people. Uh, But uh, Ms. Womp responded to that question by proudly saying that she brought the anti-LGBTQ organization Moms for Liberty to to meet with the sheriff uh, to discuss just such things. We all need to rally around it and talk about what the next best steps are, she said. Uh, She went on to say, I think there is going to come a time when some of these books where is crosses a criminal line. Wow. Grammar. Uh, What is the difference between having inappropriate information on a brochure that you're passing out to kids as they come into school, which obviously you can't do, than just having it in their libraries? Some people just should not try to think on their feet. Uh, The makeup of the books in our schools," she went on to say, is going to change drastically if we've got the right people on the school board. I mean, that's the first step because I can't act like I can prosecute everybody if I can't identify a criminal offense. Wow. And she won. Okay. Uh, For me as a lawyer, she went on to say, and somebody who's prosecuted these kinds of cases, you often have to determine who is responsible for putting these books in the schools. Is it the librarian? Is it the school administrator? Is it the school board? Obviously, if a teacher is handing a child something that I think is sexually explicit, I think we've got to to look at the criminal statute and determine if the events are there. Okay, I'm just going to, sideline that article, let you read the whole thing if you want to. And I'm just going to kind of get up on my little squeaky soapbox here. Squeak, 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 squeak. And, yeah, it, it it's, uh, you know, free of colors and dyes here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and just kind of address this issue a little bit here. You've heard me say it before. You'll hear me say it again. I know you will because this is a hot-button issue for me because I'm very pro-book, very pro-education, very much... Pro letting people learn and decide for themselves. The vast majority, I would go so far as to say like 99.9% of the books that certain individuals, groups, and other sundry uh, right-wingers are pushing to be removed from school libraries and public libraries because of their content have nothing to do with really what they're talking about what these individuals think that they do. They haven't read the books. They look at the title. They look at the chapter headings. They listen to what somebody else has to say, and they just assume, and you know what assuming does. Yeah. I don't know any elementary school that has age-inappropriate books on the shelves for the students. I don't know any middle school that has age-inappropriate books on the shelves for their students. High school, we're getting into an area here, especially when you're talking about juniors and seniors of, uh, well, is there really anything that is age inappropriate anymore? And as to public libraries, hello, those are like the holiest of holies when it comes to expanding your mind. And I know from experience, when I was younger, that librarians would be like, uh, this is not really age appropriate or this might not be the best book for you. And they will steer, hopefully, the patron, no matter their age, no matter their apparent gender identity or sexual orientation or their ethnic racial background, to something that may be more appropriate for them. But it is not their job unless it is something that shouldn't have been on the shelves to begin with Uh, you know pornography actual pornography which I know pornography is in the eye of the beholder yeah I'm kind of grasping at words here because it is so hard on the fly to address this issue without stumbling a little bit here because yeah I don't think that we need to be censoring anything this isn't the 1950s. You know, that book, 1984, that was supposed to be like a warning, a wake-up call, not a user guide. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, censorship, bad. Definitely bad. I try not, uh, okay, the only kind of censorship that I am in favor of is my own censorship, censoring my own words. Because if I didn't censor some of the things that I want to say, I wouldn't be on the air with you. That big red button that I have next to me, that's not going to be enough if I were to just let things fly out my mouth the way that I want to. And some of you who know me in person know what I mean by that. So, yeah, why are we allowing right-wing conservative religious bigots or extreme leftists even to censor what's available in public libraries, what's available in school libraries? You know, if you don't want your kids to read something, don't let them read it. Don't rely on the teachers. Don't rely on the librarians. Rely on yourself. And if you're going to say that you don't want your kid to read something, then you better have read it yourself so you know why you don't want your kid to read it. Don't listen to me to decide. Don't listen to your minister to decide. Take advice. Yes. Don't listen to Dolt 45 and his cronies. Now, pay attention to what it is that you are trying to do for your kids and realize that sometimes what you think is best is not and you think it's best because you're just going by what somebody told you. Wake up, pay attention, decide for yourself and quit being bigots, quit being bullies. Just, you know, start actually wanting your children to grow up in a better world than you grew up in. To be better people than you are yourself. I don't care how goody-two-shoes you are. I don't care how moral you think you are. You're not all that in a bag of Chipotle. Your kids can be better than you, and hopefully they will be better than you. No matter how good of a person you are, there's always room for growth. But by censoring what they can ob- obtain in school, what is available to them in public libraries, what is available to them on their own bookshelves, no, that ain't going to cut it. My mother and my dad, rest his soul, he died before I really got into, into books, but my mother was one and is still one that she encourages reading, reading, reading. She didn't look that closely at what kinds of books I was bringing home because she wanted me to be able to expand my own horizons, be able to learn for myself. She didn't censor what I read. She didn't allow influence from others as to what I was reading. If I wanted to read something, I read it. I mean, there's a reason why I was reading college-level books when I was in fifth and sixth grade. There's a reason why... They called me Encyclopedia Britannica boy because I read everything. And, well, I kind of looked like that kid too, but that's besides the point. I grew up in an atmosphere where I was allowed to expand and learn for myself. And I really hope that my nieces and nephews grew up that way. I know that many of them did. I know that some of them didn't, but they've since been able to expand their horizons and their understandings. And look at what they were taught by their parents, my older siblings, and go, hey, no, not quite right. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that can happen just by opening up a book. And most of it's good things. Alrighty, I'm going to go ahead and take our bottom of the hour break, get off that soapbox, and come back with some music and some more talk for you here in just a little smidge. Alrighty, a little tongue-in-cheek song there from Susan Werner. Uh herbicides. And that is <laughs> quite the fun little song there, isn't it? Ooh, Okay. Yeah, I had to lighten the mood a little bit there, but I'm not quite done yet harping on book banning. This is a mixed bag. And this is coming from an article from pinknews.co.uk that uh, was published uh, today by Emily Chudy. Uh, oh, hey, when one writes about it, they all write about it, right? Hey, why not? Okay. Anywho, the headline over there on Pink News reads, Small Town Library Defunded After Anti-LGBTQ Backlash. Residents Stepped Up to Save It. That's what I mean by a bit of a mixed bag here. Uh, the uh, Patmos Library in Hudsonville, Michigan, had 84% of its annual budget slashed, almost a quarter million dollars, in a vote following uh, some anti-LGBTQ backlash. According to NBC News, the library came under fire when a group of local parents protested over the availability of LGBTQ themed books. One of the books, which is the number one most banned book in the United States between July 1st of last year and March 31st of this year, Gender Queer, a memoir by uh, Maya uh, Kobabi, along with several others, of course. But primary voters subsequently rejected a proposal to renew the tax funds that fund the library. Uh, which serves the communities in uh, Jamestown Township and the surrounding area. Larry Walton, the Patmos Library's uh, board president, told Bridge, Michigan, one of their local uh, news outlets there, the library is the center of the community. For individuals to be short-sighted to close that down over opposing LGBTQ+, is very disappointing. Soon after the local library was defunded, a GoFundMe project was launched. Uh, By resident Jesse Dillman in order to attempt to keep the library open and funded. Uh, And so far it has raised about half of what was defunded $120,000 to help keep the library afloat. Dillman said in the fundraiser's description, I am very passionate about this and I have people that are behind me to do this. I think I have to do it now because the iron is hot. If this is going to happen, it's going to happen now uh so yeah Related to that, LGBTQ plus authors uh, dominated PEN America's list of most banned books in school libraries and classrooms from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. I think you heard me talk about this earlier in the year. Uh, PEN America, that's P E N America's study found that one thousand one hundred and forty five unique book titles were affected by banning, and the books dealing with LGBTQ plus topics or with queer protagonists were most often affected titles that deal explicitly with lgbtq topics or have lgbtq plus protagonists or prominent secondary characters have been a major target in the current wave of book bans according to the organization this week newly elected district attorney in tennessee cody wamp who we just spoke about had her little thing to say and yeah wow really okay there's a lot of things that if we went along, and you, I know I'm getting back up on that soapbox a little bit. I'm just going to put one foot up there for a moment. A lot of the entertainment that we absorb here in the United States, be it audio, visual, book, movie, TV, whatever, is influenced by queers. There's no doubt about it. Yes, there's a lot of influence that's anti-LGBTQIA. As well but you know, hello, how many popular musicians, no matter the genre, are LGBTQ, IA etc, or allied? How many authors, poets, actors, whether it be big screen or little screen? How many of the most popular programs streaming or on regular television? Have LGBTQIA plus, etc, actors involved, screenwriters, directors, makeup artists, costume designers, set designers, whatever. I hate to tell you, a little bit, get over there. You're influenced by queers. So get over yourself. All righty. Well, let's see here. Do I have anything that's not library book banning, blah, blah, blah related? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. This is more school related. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, kind of bridging away from there. The uh, Virginia governor wants to force teachers to out students to parents. Uh, Again, this isn't the 1950s, 1980s. Hmm. So, yeah. All right. This is an article from Wednesday, August 10th off of LGBTQNation.com. Greg Owen writing, A series of moves by Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia is bringing his policy of parental rights for the Commonwealth closer to reality. In July, Youngkin uh, appointed five new members to the State Board of Education, giving the governor a conservative majority. The board sets statewide curriculum standards and high school graduation requirements and establishes state testing and assessment programs. Great, right? With the board's support assured, Youngkin came out on Tuesday with his most explicit endorsement of a policy transgender rights supporters in Virginia have long feared. Informing parents of their kids' sexual orientation and gender identity without the students' express permission. (coughs) Pardon me. With regards to informing parents with most important decisions about their children, Youngkin told WJLA News, I think everybody knows where I stand. Parents matter. Yes, they do. Parents should be at the forefront of all these discussions. Yes, they should. And I firmly believe that teachers in schools have an obligation to make sure that parents are well informed about what's happening in their kids' lives. Yes, I can agree with that. I don't agree with what he's meaning, though. He's meaning that if little Johnny or Janie goes to their middle school or high school counselor and needs to talk about the bullying that they are experiencing because they are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning, whatever. It is not that counselor's obligation to tell the parents. If a student wants to read up on something extracurricular, has nothing to do with their, their classes but wants to read up on the topic of Stonewall. It's not the librarian's obligation to tell the parents. If they want to uh, write an article in the school newspaper about uh, their uh, the GSA, the Gay-Straight Alliance, uh, hosting a pride prom, it's not the faculty or teacher sponsor of the newspaper, the school newspaper. It's not their responsibility to inform the parent that their child may be gay or transgender. If one of the students asks to use the faculty bathroom, single stall bathroom, it's not the school's responsibility to tell the parent anything about that. If the student is coming to them because they're uncomfortable talking to their parents, that may be, may be an invitation for that faculty member, that teacher, that school counselor, that whatever. To ask the student, would you like me to help you speak to your parents about this? Not, oh, no, you can't do that. I'm going to have to tell your mom. No, it's not. Speaking as somebody who was kind of forced through all that in uh, high school. Yeah. I, mm, okay. And that was in the mid-90s. And we are going back a little ways here. But still, that's... Yeah, this shouldn't still be happening. This shouldn't be an issue. Anywho. Really, I do have some good stuff to talk about. I swear I do. I have some more good. I just got to kind of dig for it. And while I'm digging now how about we have some music and we'll just see what happens from there because wowza i'm getting more passionate about things than i thought i was going to today coffee helps at least for me all righty well it's quite obvious that i really enjoy that song by doug strom freedom rings from his souvenirs album Uh, originally released as a single there, and there's several remixes of that that include some great vocal backups from some queer choirs as well as other queer artists. Alrighty, well, I promised you I was going to have some good news. There had to be some. You know, I started out with some good news. Then I dwelled on all of this, you know, book bullying and banning and censorship and librarians being, uh, you know, harassed and teachers being forced to do things that they don't want to do. Well, sometimes it does backlash. It does fall back on the bullies and the bigots. According to an article from Friday, August 12, 2022, Alex Bollinger writing on LGBTQNation.com, Idaho is being forced to pay over $320,000 for passing an anti trans law it knew was unconstitutional. The state of Idaho has been ordered to pay. in legal fees because of an anti-transgender law passed in 2020 that had already been ruled unconstitutional. In 2018, U.S. Magistrate Judy Candy Dale ruled that it was unconstitutional for the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare to completely block transgender people from correcting the gender marker on their birth certificates. That case was brought by a transgender woman who was called a tranny and a faggot at a social security office when she showed them her birth certificate in 2020 state representative julianne young a republican introduced a bill to ban changes to birth certificates outside of a narrow set of exceptions or exemptions she claimed that the birth certificate is a historical document and that allowing transgender people to have birth certificates that reflect who they are threatens women There is an ongoing discussion about this, but I will tell you, as a woman who is aware of the crime statistics related to the vulnerability of females as a group, this concerns me, she said at the time. Huh? Later in 2020, uh, Judge Dale ruled that the IDHW had to follow her ruling and let transgender people correct the gender markers on their birth certificates. The plaintiffs not only succeeded in getting the state to follow the Constitution, but they asked the court to have the state pay their attorney's fees. Instead of getting the nearly $450,000 that they initially requested, Dale awarded them the lesser amount of just over $320,000. The ruling would not have surprised opponents of the 2020 bill. State Representative John Gannon, a Democrat, said at the time that it would be a legal disaster that would open the state up to an expensive losing lawsuit paid for by the taxpayers. And, well, it was. Alrighty, so I do have a little bit more for you. I'm going to try to stay on the positive here. And this is kind of sort of maybe positive for you. Not 100% sure how you're going to take this one. But, uh, you know, the Westboro Baptist Church is not the only uh, bigoted church that gets in the news. Uh, and this is an article from LGBTQNation.com from Friday, August 12th. Again, Daniel Villarreal writing. A Texas town is protesting against one of the most anti-LGBTQ hate churches in the nation. And we're not talking the Westboro Baptists. A rainbow chalk drawing in the parking lot of the Steadfast Baptist Church of Watauga, Texas, just north of Fort Worth, bears the words, No Hate in Texas. Uh, A uh, demonstration there at the church. (laughs) Uh, In February, the Hearst, Texas court ruled that the steadfast Baptist Church had violated its lease agreement in the town by making threats and creating a dangerous nuisance. The church relocated to Wataga in May, and the town square residents and allies have been protesting ever since to show that their town won't tolerate the church's hate. Uh, one of the uh, protesters at the event, uh, well, several of the protesters at the event pardon me were carrying signs that read things like, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Here against hate, here against steadfast. And another banner facing the road read Steadfast Church advocates murder. Mm-hmm. A little bit of hot topic there, if you will, and we're not talking lukewarm like the store. Uh the church has been certified as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. During Pride Month, Pastor Dylan Oz of the church said every single homosexual in our country should be charged with a crime, the abomination of homosexuality that they have. They should be convicted in a lawful trial. These people should be put to death. They should be lined up against a wall and shot in the back of the head. That's what God teaches. Uh, I may not be Christian, but I don't remember reading any of that in the Bible. Anything like that at all. I'm a preacher's kid. I think I may know a little bit about what I'm talking about. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, he definitely got some praise there, if you will, from some of his congregants. Not going to go into everything that they had to say. But a town resident by the name of Mandy Skinner yelled in the church parking lot while holding up a sign that says, Pray your hate away. I cannot believe you expose kids to that garbage. I think I'm going to agree with her there. Uh, Skinner told the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, he's calling for people like us to be shot. There's no way for us to feel, think, and believe that it's just a matter of time before someone from that congregation decides to take up arms and do his bidding and they're so close to our homes. You can read more about that if you want to by visiting lgbtqnation.com and reading that entire article. I'm going to be posting the article links from today on the Facebook page for Lavender Hill. Really, I am, I promise. I'd even get that done before I leave the studio. But I got to start getting ready to make sure I've got everything set up for Deb Anderson and the Women's Show. She's joined today by Twyla Twang, who is going to be doing an interview during the... Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond segment with singer-songwriter Brennan Lee about her new album, Obsessed with the West, which she recorded with Asleep at the Wheel. Uh, Deb will also be joined uh, later in the show by assistant music director Dylan Arthur, uh, playing some of his favorites, new and classic tunes, including some ABBA, who, who... who's going to complain about ABBA, right? Uh, and so that I don't wind up stepping on his toes and playing some ABBA myself, even though I had thought about it. How about we have some blues? I mean, we are getting ready for the uh, Labor Day weekend blues blowout coming up here in just a little while. So might as well get a little blues going on here on Lavender Hill, right? Alrighty. So before I hit play on Heather Bishop and her uh, song, If You Love Freedom, uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in. If you missed part of the show, want to hear it again, or want to share it with somebody else, don't forget the archives. They are available to you at archives. The entire show will be available for up to two weeks from today. If you don't mind losing the music, though, you can catch all of Lavender Hill's episodes that have been saved uh, by visiting the SoundCloud for KZUM. You can find that link The same route there at KZM.org. I'm going to go ahead and hit play on the music for you. And we'll just have to wait and see what kind of fun we're going to be having here on the women's show, right? Okay, so Heather Bishop with If You Love Freedom.